The Evolution Channel is sponsored by Eternal Gold Beauty, the most advanced skincare line in the world. Awaken your skin to aging in reverse at eternalgoldbeauty.com today. You're listening to Talk Animal, what animals want you to know, with Judy Anderson. Hello everyone, welcome to Talk Animal. This is your host, Judy Anderson. I'm so glad you could join us today. And uh, we also have, I want to say also that we have my co-host, Ariel, who's, he's my co-host in training. He is with us today, too. So uh, welcome to Talk Animal, what animals want you to know. And our guest today, she's a brilliant animal communicator, animal healer, and knows so much about this process of death and dying coming back. And so her topic today is until we meet again. So this we can learn so very, very much from our animals. So Sarah Jane, welcome, welcome, welcome to Talk Animal. Oh, thank you, Judy. It's always such an honor and privilege to be with you and Ariel and Simba and uh just to support animal lovers out there to to know that uh, love never dies. Right. Yes, that's that's so <laughs> true. I've definitely experienced that. You know, with I I had um, I had Comet, and then you know he was my first dog as an adult, and when he was going to transition, he told an animal communicator that. Um, he wanted to come back. And I was like, what? Come back? <laughs> I was mm-hmm. totally, totally new to that thinking. And so, yes. And so I, we decided what body he wanted to come in. in and mm-hmm. I looked all over and ended up getting him from ca- Canada. So uh, I wanted I wanted him to be from um, oh a line of animals of dogs that had a healthy body because Comet didn't have a healthy body. We wanted a very healthy body. So I extensively interviewed every breeder because they had to do the raw. They had to do the healthy lifestyle, totally healthy lifestyle. So that's what happened. And then when Simba came back, he was here, and then Simba left, and now Ariel's here, and now we're all here. (laughs) (laughs) It's so beautiful. It's crazy, you know, that that particular soul's got three (laughs) bodies while I've had one. So, you know, Sarah Jane, I was thinking about this earlier today. I think we really need to change our perspective on the way we regard transition or death. Because if, I mean, we grieve, yes, we want to grieve, you know, that's a natural part of our humanness. But also, I think if we know what the animals know about that we really never die, that it's just a a phase, a transition. So, you know, you're the expert. Um, Tell us from, you know, your experiences, what have the animals told you about Death and dying. 
Oh, so much, Judy. And I think, as you said, it's just like I'm, I don't even see myself as, as an expert. I, I just say what the animals have, have told me in, in the hopes that I can be useful to people that are grieving and that are in sort of anticipatory grief when their animals are getting sick or, or they're in the dying process to just know that, as you said, that the circle of life is a circle of life and it never, it never ends. It's our relationship that needs, that just changes. And of course, you know, we, we miss our animals in the physical because they play such a huge part in our lives. And I, I think that it's almost in, in the grief, grief speak in the way that people talk about grief that, that first of all, nobody is comfortable with death. Um, that we all want to, to live forever and that there is no right time and, the animals just want us to to be at peace, I think, with the fact that even though the physical body dies, the soul lives on. And as you, you have seen, and I've seen with so many of, of the animals in my life, and even in the wild ones, that they're not afraid of, of death. They just see it, as you said, as a gateway into a, another dimension, into another realm. And... We're not really afraid of death. I think that we're afraid of, of what we leave behind, of, of, of the regrets that we have. And what I hear so many of my clients say, you know, is it too soon? Um, that there's never enough time. We're always in that sort of bargaining stage of, of wanting more time and, and not having to make those impossible decisions. That's one of the biggest ones with, um, euthanasia is they want us to know that we actually have very little control over how their lives begin or how they end. Um, even though we think we're the ones that have to make that final decision in assisting our pets to cross over, they have told me that they choose the moment that they, that they come into our lives into the bodies that they're born. I've had cats tell me that they choose the, the, the color of their coats, the patterns on their, on their bodies. Um, they have such joy in the way that they co-create with the divine. And oh. I've had animals, and they've, I've had animals tell me that there are no accidents. I once had, right. had a client that was that was absolutely devastated because she had this little dog. She, she lived on a farm and she had a lot of dogs. But there was this one little guy, little crossbreed that she absolutely adored and she would he would come to town with her and he would stay in the city with her. And he was he was his behaviour, he was becoming aggressive, he was yappy, he was all over the place and when when I spoke to her, she said, please, you need to have a conversation with my dog. I don't know what's going on. He's driving me crazy. And she didn't like what, what he had to say, which was that he didn't want to be in the city. He wanted to be on the farm with all the other dogs, running wild, doing his own thing, because he was actually pack leader. As small as he was, he was the one that, 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 that called the shots. And she said, no, <laughs> that wasn't going to happen. He had to stay oh. with her. And... Her son came to visit her one day, and as he opened the door, this dog bolted out the door and got hit by a car and died. 
And his lesson to her was to say, you're not honoring my choice. You're not listening to what I'm asking you for. And if this is my only way out, I'm going to take it and I'll come back in a new body where I can do what I want and be the pack leader again. And this is, this is what they, that what they've showed me is that they will choose how they come in to our lives and they choose how we, how they pass. And they will go to great lengths like that to get what they want. So even in the, the space where unfortunately a lot of animals today that are domesticated that share out their lives with us, their hearts are so strong just as ours are. You know, if you think about all the, all the people in care homes that are living to over a hundred, uh, the quality of life and all the sort of questions come up as to, you know, enough is enough. But unfortunately, um, assisted death is something that isn't very welcome as far as humans go. And euthanasia for animals, I think, is part of that, that thing of, you know, how do you decide to help somebody to die? When, when they've had enough, when they want to go and go and get themselves a new body, which is what animals know that they can do. And, uh, 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 go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think what I'm trying to say is that even if you have an animal that is in pain or it has a terminal disease or it's just in old age, and you get to the point where there is very little quality of life. There is no joy. Their eyes are dull. They're not enjoying the things that they used to. And and my sister's dog, who who just passed, which she had to assist um, in the dying process, Jack. He was a little Jack Russell. He had a wonderful life. But the last couple of years, he he was completely blind, and yet he still managed to go outside. He play. He he was happy. And, and slowly but surely, all he did was lie in his bed and, and sleep. And he couldn't pass over. He was 15 years old. He had a big uh, cancer on his anus. And he just wasn't, he had no quality of life. And, and she was devastated when she had to finally get to the point where she had to assist him. And they've told me in that stage, if you're considering or that thought is in your head that, you know what, it's time, that it's not, it's not fun, it's, it's stressful for you, it puts strain on the relationships and the people in the family because you're having to put pills down their throat and you're doing everything you possibly can to, to eliminate pain. When that thought comes into your mind that today is the day, that's your animal saying, please help me. Because so many people have guilt about that. But how can right. you, the person that loves this animal, that and animals, you know, after all, they they have the most intimate relationship with us that we don't even have with other people in our lives. Right. You know, they they go through thick and thin with us. They're there when we're ill. We're there when they're ill. They're they're there in our darkest moments and in our most joyful moments. But I don't know a person that spends the time that an animal that we love shares with us. And right. they don't want us to be in a place where we are in guilt because that also stops us from deepening our relationship with them in spirit. So it's just like, right. yes, you exactly. have to, to carry your grief alongside your joy. 
And yes, we miss the physical, we miss the hugs, we miss the miss seeing them greet us at the door when we come home. And they're our constant companions. And when they're gone, it leaves a huge hole in our hearts. You know, the ritual of walking, of feeding, of caring for another being that we adore is gone. And there's this huge void in our lives that that is heartbreaking in early grief. But they just want us to know that they never, they never leave us. And, and, and when we can get to that point of, of knowing that they are there, then we start to see the signs that they leave us and that the other animals that they send us, even if they don't choose to incarnate and come back and have another experience with us, they will send another animal because they know that another animal is looking for their forever home. And and we have so much love to give, and they want that for us. They see us as the best version of ourselves. Yeah, don't they, though? It's and interesting, it's, yes. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and I have uh, I have a, I always dreaded the idea of maybe I'd have to do that with Simba. And I... And I worked with an animal communicator, and I let him know that I loved him. I didn't want him to go because I was a human, and I would be so very, very sad. Mm-hmm. But if he was in pain and wanted to go, it was really okay. I loved him, and oh, I even feel that pain right now. But um, yeah. that he, you know, that he could go. I don't know if you know that. And I, um, and his response was that his heart and his mind were very strong and he didn't know if he could shut yeah. them down. But in 30 yeah. minutes, but in 30 minutes he did that. So when I see on social media people are going, I don't know when or blah, 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 I say just have the mm. conversation. Perhaps, maybe not exactly. all the time, but perhaps it can be resolved by just allowing them to go peace, peacefully. You know, yeah. So, um, yeah. And that's the same with people too. People can be holding on when it, they really should be passing on, but uh, we hang on to them and we allow yeah. should allow them to go. So, oh wow, this is something. So we're talking about until we meet again. Yes, until we meet again, we were, are talking with. Sarah Jane Farrell, um, extraordinary animal communicator and healer. And I wanted to let everyone know that she has, if you're interested in having a personal animal session, animal communication session, or, you know, a healing session with her, she has given the Talk Animal listeners a real, really good deal on talkanimal.net under specials and you can see that and I think you'd find it really inspiring to have your animal and Sarah Jane have a conversation it's really wonderful (laughs) (laughs) it's really really wonderful and so um or talk to her yourself because she's such a great (laughs) healer so um so, so yes, just go to talkanimal.net and you'll see it there. And also, I want to invite you who are interested in expanding your consciousness, uh, raising your vibration to go to Jazz of Your Life with Judy, Judy 
And you can join us in, for inspiring conversations with amazing spiritual teachers like Sarah Jane, who will really support you in raising your vibration and being the person that your animals know you are. <laughs> so we are going to take a short break now. We will be right back with more on Until We Meet Again with Sarah Jane Farrell. The Superpower Experience goes way beyond the podcast. Listeners can connect with hosts and one another inside the Superpower Universe Plus membership. Members get access to high vibe connections, superpower masterclasses, and much, much more. Don't wait another moment to step into your superpowers. Go to superpowerexperts.com and sign up today. All right. Hello, everyone. We are back again. We are talking to with Sarah Jane Farrell, animal communicator and energy healer, about when we meet again, until we meet again. So, uh, until we meet again. Now, what is there anything they want us to know that death is a transition, that they're accustomed to it. Now, soul contracts, they have, do they have soul contracts? Like, uh, you know, people do? Well, I believe that they do. Um, you know, they're part of, they're part of our lives. They're, they're our teachers. I always say that the best therapy that you can get often comes in four, with four legs and, and fur. And they come here to, to, to help us to trust that we're enough, to trust that, that, that we're on, on our right, on the right path. And, just like people um, come into our lives, oftentimes in, a, in adversity, um, they teach us how how to to be the best version of ourselves. So animals are no different in as far as as soul contracts they hold with us that uh, they're here for for their own reasons. And yes, they they come into the world to experience their own lives and, and have their own experiences. But if they are in a relationship with you, it really is a give and take, a, a give and receive that you grow them and they grow grow you just as you would with a person. Okay, right. I, I get that, that we all <laughs> agree, yes. So... Now, one one thing that I find interesting, and you had mentioned this before the show started, when they transition, okay, they pass on, who greets them on the other side? And I had never really thought that through and hadn't really <laughs> thought about it. Um, so would you tell tell me, tell everyone, our, all of our wonderful listeners, what the animals have told you, who who meets them when they pass on? Oh, I love this because I never I never kind of got it either until they actually showed me this, and and it happened with my 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 soul dog, um, my husky Sky. That when they were were coming, the people that come to greet them are what we call psychopomps. You know the, the the ones that come from from the underworld or come from the rainbow bridge or whatever you want to call it. We're we are there right with them. We never leave them. So the first person that 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 they see is the one that never left them. We go with them 
in our in our ascended self or or our etheric body because our etheric body is everywhere you know what technic what am i trying to say technic pan says that when you touch one thing with deep awareness you touch everything and i think that's what animals encompass for me is that that bond is never broken so if we share the soul contract with them um we recognize them when they're coming back and we also recognize that that contract continues and it grows and evolves in the in the spirit realm so again where animal communications can be so helpful um in showing us this is that we are the ones that are with them all the time we're the ones that are that are there in our ascended selves and all the other beings and the other people that that are important or that that animal may have shared other lifetimes with we're all there we're all together you know consciousness is everywhere and we are everything right so even though uh yeah, so even though, you know, you may say that not every animal or, or person shares a soul contract when they reincarnate uh, to continue or complete any unresolved trauma bonds or karmic agreements or learn new things together, that journey doesn't stop in the physical world, or at least that's my awareness of it. So, it's a, it's again, it, you know, I think the biggest thing for me is that it really helps us to make peace with our missing, to be able to grieve, to embrace our grief, um, to know that our souls continue to grow. And I love that they always say that grief and gratitude are both sides of love, that we need to learn to carry our grief alongside our joy, which is really difficult when you're missing somebody or whether that's human or animal. Um, you know, the truth is that everything we love, we're going to lose in the material, in the, in the body at some point on our journey. Mm-hmm. And and yet, if we can learn, it's not something that we're taught, is it? You know, to grieve, uh, we've lost the ritual and we've lost the the the, the wisdom of our elders. Um, and now that's my my sister's puppy scratching at the door. She ever says something to tell me <laughs> about this? But yeah, oh dear, I'm sorry for that, but. Yeah, this is an animal show. You know, they ha- they wanted they wanted did, to be did, very did, much involved in this. Did 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 was your sister's um, was the dog knocking at the not knocking but scratching at the door? Yeah, yeah, she is. She came in just in that moment, and I just think it's, so, it's just so, so, so lovely. Is she in now? Because she probably wants to hear. Yeah. Yeah, she is. She's come to tell us that, you know, joy doesn't, doesn't, joy doesn't end when the body stops. Um, I think that's one of the biggest, biggest lessons that they come to teach us that our animals don't want us to be, to be stuck in our grief. You know, grief needs to be metabolized. It needs, it needs to be, it needs to be moved. Grief needs a voice. It needs to be moved, which is what I love about the indigenous cultures, that they really know how to do ritual. And what I often ask of, of my clients to, to help them move, move their grief is to go back to the simplicity and the, and the, and the beauty of, of just Simple rituals of lighting a candle, of 
keeping keeping a, a picture of their animal there so that their children can see it and the other animals in in the household that are left behind they grieve too and right. to speak to your animal that's passed in the in the in the in the present tense don't talk to them in the past tense because they're still alive so mm-hmm. that's one of the things that we say is is speak to them in the living because they are still alive. They they live in you in the way that they've shaped you and the way that you're living your life and the way that you love. So and honor them in a way. Yeah, and I think it's important that um that they see the well, it, do you find it's it, or do the animals find it's important that they if there are two dogs in a family, two cats in a family, one passes on mm-hmm. that the other ones actually see, so they totally get that the person has made their the the puppy ha- or a kitty has made their transition. Do you find that's important? Oh, absolutely. And again, you know, I think that if we if we were more embodied, if we were more attuned to staying present, which is one of their biggest gifts, is to remind us to stay present because we're always in the past or we're so far in the future that we're never really with them. Okay, so Sarah Jane, um, when there are other animals in the home, is it it's important mm. that, you know, they see see that the other one has really transitioned, okay? And then then we covered that. And then then um is there anything you know we should do or anything to support the other animals who are remaining behind in their grieving process yeah absolutely and i think with every animal in the family they're going to grieve in their own unique way and um you know you've probably noticed if you have more than one animal in in the house that between themselves they each play a specific role in the family dynamic and one one cat may take on the job of checking every room i know my cat used to be the checker of you know any insects in the house and another one was the clown and maybe your dog is the lookout and they're letting you know um that you're safe and uh when one animal dies the whole dynamic the the whole family constellation changes and the hierarchy changes and they all have to find their own way um without the others so even though they miss us um their reactions are going to be different to their loss some animals might act out as if nothing has happened and others can get really deeply depressed or uh, they may have health challenges they may stop eating and i've i've had and heard stories of other animals just like when their human companions pass that they literally die of a broken heart themselves. So oh, mm-hmm. while you're, while you, you know, if you're grieving, um, it's not uncommon that, that, that you may be very overly, um, concerned about the health and well-being of your other pets, or maybe you're too, too in your own process that you don't notice. So I think this is really important in any kind of grief that you have a, a support team. Because in grief, sometimes you don't even know what you need. And uh, I've got a puppy in the room that's demolishing tissues right now. Come on, Sasha. Oh. Oh. I wonder. Oh, she's oh. maybe maybe she's saying 
so so yeah, that's so sweet. She's a puppy, and she's like saying, you know what? If you need to cry, cry, but know that you know grief requires a, requires a village. Um, <laughs> I think it's Ida Perdoff that says grief is grief is is a solitary action that requires a village to move it. So. Um, she's bringing me tissues. Maybe she thought I needed to have a good cry. Oh, how sweet. Uh, I know. <laughs> they are so sweet. And, and they have a lot to tell us about that too, don't they? So, yeah. So I think when it comes to um, anim- other animals in, in the home, just like you, no death of someone you love is ever the same. It depends on your relationship, the dynamics, right. you know, it's, it's, it's always going to be different. So there will be a change in hierarchy. If your dog was the, that's passed away was the pack leader, the dog left behind may feel that now it's his duty to take on that role. And if there's more than one, there may be some behavioral stuff going on that may look very aggressive. Uh, because they need to work it out between themselves. So just as I would say to, a person that's lost an, a person that they love is, I think it requires patience. It requires a lot of compassion and understanding. And I think that it's, that it's important, even though it's difficult to step back and let them work that out by themselves. Yeah. And, you know, the physical mm-hmm. symptoms might look like, um, lethargy or loss of appetite, or they might start crying or barking, barking or being extra needy. Um, as I said, aggression is often part of it or anxiety and sometimes even illness. And in other animals, it might look like, oh, well, you know, they might sniff the body and walk off and it doesn't seem like they're very concerned about it. And that, again, I think depends on the meaning making we attach to it. If we, if we are death phobic, if we have, um, a problem expressing our own grief or we're afraid of death, our animals might pick up on that. So they may hide their grief as a means of self-protection, just as we do, um, similar mm. to the way that some pets will sort of instinctively hide their own pain. So I think that it's a very individual um, process, just like grief is, is very individual and unique, is to let go of your expectations and let your pets grieve in their own way. Um, you might want to continue to offer new and exciting choices of, of adventures or training or socialization and bonding. Um, and again, you know, in this new sort of way, place where you're finding yourself, I think it's really important to stick to, to habits and rituals that you have. You keep feeding them at the same time that you would have fed them when your other dog was alive or go for walks at the same time. Try not to change anything um, because that's going to give them a sense of safety that you're still there and you're still very present with them. And little by little, just as it is with us, the pain and, and the love will find a way to coexist and and we f- you'll find new ways uh, to explore your, your animals. I remember when uh, the last of our Siamese cats died, our family cats died in our our um we were left with just one cat. When he'd been in the matrix with our other four cats, we hardly ever saw him. He he kind of kept himself. He was pretty wild. He wasn't anybody's cat. And when he ended up being the only cat left, he became the most loving, affectionate cat. His whole personality changed. 
So mm-hmm. let yourself sort of be in awe, you know, when your heart opens to to the potential of, you know, what what can you be now? Um, there's always growth, just as in soul contracts and in in changing that relationship from a physical one to a spiritual one when your pet passes. Just be open to the wonder of what more it could be and, and how much more joy there could be rather than the grief. Yeah, when when little Molly passed away, I it, well, it was at the vets that oh, I actually had to agree to um, to you know have them euthanize her, and uh, mm. and I didn't do it alone. I called someone at two a.m. One of my <laughs> yeah at two a.m. in the morning, and oh, she walked beautiful. me through the choice, and then she. Did a really beautiful prayer and blessing to send her on her way, which was so beautiful. Mm, I love that. Yeah, yeah. So it was really a, a beautiful experience. So then I brought her home and I showed her to Simba. And, you know, he looked at her and everything. Mm. And I took her the box that she had on, on, on a table. And in the morning, and then we went to bed upstairs, and then in the morning, he ran down here, and I always wondered if he expected to find her alive, Um, but he ran right away to that box and looked, Um, you know, and I, yeah, it's like, what were you really thinking, little boy? Yeah. No, yeah. And so. I mean, like us, you know, we missed. Yeah, we miss the we miss the physical presence of them, and and I think a lot of it becomes so habitual. It's, it's like I know we miss the pitapata, we miss the, the the we miss seeing them, and you know why would our animals that are living and left left after they pass be any different? Right, and you know I I was talking to someone in when I was looking for um <laughs> looking for Ariel. And she said she would never sell two dogs to one person because when one of them dies, it's just too hard on the other one. I thought, oh, that's an interesting way of looking at it. I I would think they could have a great life together. And then when the time goes, yes, it's hard, but, but, you know, that's, and, and now, yeah, so, and you cover this a lot and you have a book that will be coming out. Um, soon, or it is out, right? In no, not yet. It's, it's almost out. It's with my early readers at the moment, but uh, hopefully, it will it will be available on Amazon in the next few weeks. Okay, and it's until we meet again by Sarah Jane Farrell. So <laughs> until we meet again, so that was will be a wonderful book for for all of you animal lovers to get and. Uh, she has lots and lots of information in it so that you can um if you if you're grieving from an animal right now you can get this book and really it will really support you in your grief and moving on to the I was going to say onto the other side but I mean <laughs> It will help you move to the other side from grief to joy and happiness that your your animal really wants you. They really want us to be happy. They really want us to be happy. Yes. 
so that will support you in doing that. So, Sarah Jane, is there anything else you would like to share regarding this, um, regarding until we meet again, um, anything else that you feel is really burning in you to share with people about Mm -hmm. this process? Of going oh, Judy, there's, so, there's, yeah, there's, there's just so much forever. we could, and I, you know, I think, I think one of the reasons why I, I wanted to, I didn't want to write this book. This book kind of wrote me, and it's not done with me yet because I think grief, like love, is constantly changing and evolving, and I just wanted to put something out there that was useful to people to know that that there is life beyond loss. And even though this book is written with animal lovers in in my heart, it really covers everything around around grief and and learning how to to come. I think to 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 find a place of of peace where we can see grief as a sort of gateway um, into a sort of a deeper affection and and what our animals want us to do, you know, a more robust con- commitment to really show up, uh, to be to be really present. And <laughs> paradoxically, you know, the gateway into a hell of a lot more joy. Um, I, I really think that's that's their biggest message is is to to to, lo- to run, you know, to live like someone left the gate open, as the dog always said. You know, you just have to open a, a no. gate in a paddock mm-hmm. to see how a horse mm-hmm. just runs and bucks and jumps with absolute joy and how our animals want that for us, that we we just take ourselves far too seriously. And um, even, the, even the wild animals right now, specifically right now in this time, are really asking us to, to come back to our hearts, to feel all the feels so that we can heal and and to know that we're we're a lot more alike than than we give ourselves credit for in in the consciousness and, and the collectiveness of everything, um, and that we have to you know to to really just live life in the moment because these little bodies are temporary suits, um, and and we chose to have them. We we choose to incarnate into bodies to to experience the beauties and the wonders of this beautiful planet that we live on and the heartbreak that goes with it. Uh, I don't know if you know Charlie Matthew, but uh, he wrote the the book, The Boy, The Mole, The Fox and the Horse. And I love that little book because it's just filled with all the things that that I say to myself all the time. And there was this beautiful image that he drew the other day uh, with this little boy and a and a polar bear sitting on a melting ice cap and and the little boy says to the to the polar bear what would you like to be when you grow up and the polar bear says alive oh and thought wow you know if if we could just stop dying slowly inside with all the things and the wants and the not good enough and the you know all the things that we regret and and just live fully engaged with so much beauty you know for as much heartache right. as there is in the world there is just so much beauty and so much to be grateful for and if there is anybody that can teach us how to live 
fully. It's it's the animals that so generously share their lives with us and the wild ones that come and visit us, whether that's a, a bird at the window or a dragonfly in the garden. Um they're all there just 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 saying, you know, sing because you can. Um oh, play yeah. because you can and mm-hmm. let go of all the the shooting and the fear that we have. And that's a beautiful thing. And a yeah, beautiful it gift. <laughs> mm-hmm. It really, really is. So Oh, this has been wonderful. It's always wonderful to talk to you. You are so knowledgeable about animals. You've talked to so many, and they've really, they've taught you really well, Sarah Jane. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you. I never stopped learning. I never stopped learning. And uh, so so until we meet again. We're so lucky. Mm. Yeah, that is her book that will be coming out, and you'll be um, able to get that. And uh, so, again, I want to recommend that everyone go to talkanimal.net. Under specials, you'll see Sarah Jane with a um, special offer for all of the Talk Animal listeners to have a special session with her. And also, I believe we're going to be putting a chapter on... What was what chapter did you choose? We will put a chapter on the talkanimal.net website. Uh, so we'll put a chapter there from her book. And what chapter did you choose? Is that going to be um, how to? Yeah, that your your living animals grieve too, and how to support okay. them in their grieving process. Okay, that will be that will also be on the web, website for you to read, and. Um, so that's wonderful. And go to jazzupyourlifewithjudy.com if you want to become the <laughs> the beautiful person that your animals know you are. But you need a little assistance because you're you're wondering about it. <laughs> yeah. So so Sarah Jane, thank you so very very much for coming on the show. I appreciate your expertise and knowledge and your time. So thank you so very, very much. Oh, well, thank you, Judy. Um, I, I'm just so grateful for for you and, and the wonderful work that you do in in teaching and and sharing with people the gift of, of animals and the lessons that they come to share with us. So thank you for, for everything that you do in the world. And, oh, thank you very much. Thank you much. Sarah Jane and everyone thank you for listening to Talk Animal we love you we bless you and again thank you so much and remember to give your animals a big hug love you thank you for listening to the Superpower Network go now to superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers and change your life today